Hi, I'm Jessica, and when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports, or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I'm Jessica, and I'm so excited to have you here, whether this is your first episode to ever listen to or whether you're a regular listener. So I need to let you know something. Right before I hit record on this, I got stuck in one of those sneezing attacks that I don't know if you've ever been stuck in one of those before, or maybe you've been stuck in a hiccup attack before, which always comes at the worst time, like a staff meeting or when you're in a quiet church service. I literally sneeze like 20 times in a row. So I don't know what's up with that, but hopefully I got it under control by now. (laughs) So here we are. Anyways, like I said, this is episode 89, and this is an episode with just me today, and something I have been wanting to record an episode about for a while. I may step on some toes with this episode, but hopefully not. Hopefully you can hear my heart behind it, because I truly, sincerely, with every single episode of my podcast, is my goal to inspire you and to help you with mindset and with strategies to help you in your music classrooms. So today is about how you can successfully teach music without ever taking a levels course. I'm talking about ORF, Kadai, or insert other there in the underlined blank. So why am I recording an episode about this? Well, I feel like I have met so many teachers and even thinking of my own experience where when you look at what's out there today, what's all over social media and websites and blogs and podcasts, like I have all that, you know, but it is all, a lot of it is about the trainings you can go get, different levels courses and why they're important. And I will be the first to say they are very important, extremely important. And I'm so glad that they are offered. Uh, When you take a Kadai or ORF level, or if you go through all the levels, it's amazing. It'll change your teaching. It's transformative. There's nothing like it out there. And I feel like it helps music teachers become better music teachers. But one thing I do also see is there are teachers who can't afford to attend an or for Kadai level. There's teachers who are made to feel like, not maybe on purpose, but made to feel like you're not an effective music teacher if you don't take a levels course. Or maybe you're the you're listening to this and you're the only music teacher in your district who hasn't taken one of those and everybody's always talking about it and you feel like, well, maybe I'm not doing a good enough job in my music room. Yes, you are. And I want you to keep listening. Okay. If you're listening to this and you have taken or for Kadai level, I have also. So this is not saying you shouldn't take it. My whole goal with this episode is to let you know that yes, you can still be an effective music teacher, even if you have not taken a levels course, even if you won't take a levels course this summer, if you can't afford to take one for the next five years, yes, you are an effective music teacher. So keep listening. Okay. So I want you to remember that music education degree you worked so hard for. Maybe you did the traditional route. Maybe you got alternatively certified. 
Maybe you have a general teaching degree. I have several teachers in my Harmony membership right now who come from all of these backgrounds I'm mentioning. The traditional route, alternatively certified, came from secondary music. Some of them, their principals knew they just played piano and said, I want you to teach music. Um, I mean, I'm talking all different circumstances. So, but I want you to remember that you, whatever way you came into being an elementary music teacher, that you worked really hard to get there. You either got a four-year degree, you got alternatively certified, regular certified, you probably took a praxis exam, the teacher ex- other teacher exams you had to take right after graduating college. You have to keep up professional development hours every year. I'm not talking about a levels course. I'm talking about just even those regular bloodborne pathogen videos you have to sit in or other professional development. You do that every single year. You have to keep up your professional development hours. And yes, it looks different for every single state in every country. Um, but you remember that you're also in there, in the grind, every single day, teaching music in your classroom. That matters too. So I want you to realize that all those things I just named, nowhere in there did I say a levels course. Because these things matter too. You being in there teaching, you getting the training you got, you doing your student teaching you did under a cooperating teacher, you getting all the teacher exams you did, you getting all the professional development hours, whether it's the ones every single teacher in your school has to go to or different other music trainings you've gone to that aren't a levels course, they matter. So I've told this story before, but you may be a first time listener or maybe not. And if you've heard this before, it's okay to hear it again. But I started out at a school that had not had music for seven years. I I knew when I started out, I knew about Orf and I knew about Kadai. And I knew I could not focus on that (laughs) right then. I was like, my students have not, you know, sang a note in a music classroom in seven years. Meaning these fifth graders had never, ever had a music class. Not saying none of them had taken a private lesson somewhere. I'm not saying they didn't sing choir at their church. I'm talking about school music, unless they had moved in from a different school. That's a different circumstance. But the kids who are at my particular school had not had music for seven years. So I had to focus on just using what I had. I've gone through this before, so I'm not going to go through the whole spiel, but I had old textbooks. I used that. I just basically got the kids singing using their bodies. Didn't have any instruments didn't 100% know what I was doing. Let's be honest. Does any first year teacher know? No, of course not. Even if you walk in a classroom that has 907 resources to use and you have a whole classroom set of ORF instruments, you still don't really know what you're doing your first year. And if you do, then awesome, because that's incredible. I'm really rooting you on. But I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I started observing other teachers in the district. Couldn't go, obviously, during teaching time to see them. But I would observe them like at workshops, listen to what they were saying, uh, watch them model how they were teaching, listen to them explain how they were teaching. I would keep in contact with my mentor teacher who had my cooperating teacher from student teaching. I would constantly email my music education professor I that I had just graduated from college with. I would pick the brains of other music teachers that I had met um, or other music education majors I had met in college to see what they were doing. I mean, constantly just asking questions, going to any professional development I could, whether it was free, what I could afford at first was not much. So it was either a free workshop that my district provided or 
maybe 10 to $25 workshop here or there. Um, I would go to, you know, my state conferences, my district conferences, the different conferences in my city, anything I could afford just to kind of get me started, to kind of figure out what am I exactly doing, but also just using what I had, using what was available to me. But what was cool was what started happening too was these teachers I connected with started sharing ideas with me and said, oh, here, let me give you this. This lesson plan worked. Oh, here, I have this extra book. Do you want to use it? That started happening. So what I'm trying to say is, no, I did not focus on Orphic and Dio right away. I couldn't. I had to just focus on getting my kids singing, getting them started learning music and figuring out what the heck I was doing in there. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is I want you to realize that whether you're new coming into elementary music, whether you've been teaching elementary music for a few years, or even if you're listening to this episode and you've been teaching a lot of years, you're not always going to have a levels course under your belt. And I want you to know that's okay because music education is lacking, um, there's what I mean by that is <clears throat> I even know that the particular district I taught in, they are still shutting down music classes in particular schools. There are still schools in the district I taught in that don't have music classes at their school. So that means there's still kids that are going through their elementary music career or whatever you call it journey without taking music. And I know that the district I'm speaking of is not the only one out there like that. There are so many, um, why do you think there's VH1 Save the Music and so many other nonprofits like that? Because there are schools that don't have a music program. And so the main goal here is for kids to learn music, is to get music teachers in there to teach music. It's not get them in there and just say, okay, now you got to take three levels of ORF or three levels of Kadai, but just let them teach music. Then they can begin to finding their teaching style and then maybe focus on down the road taking a levels course. So I want you to know that I realize how much pressure is put on music teachers to take a levels course now. They are super, super helpful. When I took ORF level one, I'm telling you, I literally was like opened up to so many uh, examples and ideas that I never had realized before. I really, it was very, very helpful. But I, in a way, I'm grateful for the years I had. I took that my fourth year of teaching. So I'm grateful for those first three years I had without taking a single levels course because I was able to establish my teaching style, figure out what exactly I wanted to take, um, get to the point where I felt like I could put money into that or, um, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I felt like I could teach music without focusing so much on a levels. I could just teach. I could figure out my teaching style. I could get my students to know me, form relationships, find teaching resources that I wanted to use that I could afford. I could, uh, I developed my own curriculum map, which I've talked about before, which my Harmony members get access to. I started writing my own lesson plans. I started getting in the grind and really figuring out what my students needed to know each and every day I saw them. And then I felt comfortable taking a levels course to apply even more to what I'd already created. So I could just basically plug in the holes where they were needed. And then I realized, oh, I could definitely tweak that in my teaching or I need to change that up a little bit. But I was still me. I still used my personality. I still was the music teacher that I had graduated college wanting to be. So first of all, I want you to know that, that you are you. Your personality in your music room 
is what your students need. You're who they need. You have the skills that it takes to teach music. You, you don't know everything. And that's why there's trainings like that. But before you take any kind of levels courses, look for the opportunities around you. Like I already named, whether it's a one day Saturday workshop, where my favorite workshops, honestly, were the ones where it was like these sharing workshops with other music teachers, where we would share ideas with each other. One was called Orpha Live, and it was amazing. We would share different ideas and get up there and present, and we would have different. Someone would present about instruments. Someone would present about movement, singing, body percussion, whatever else, speech pieces. And then we would just take what we learned back to our classrooms. It was awesome. But look for opportunities like that. Pick the brains of other teachers. I think community is huge, huge. Community is a huge part. Um, Social media is awesome. Whether you're on Instagram, I've seen so many amazing music teachers sharing ideas on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm not as active on Twitter as I should be, but I've, there's, I mean, there's a, oh gosh, those of you listening who are big on Twitter, please don't get on to me. But I know there's weekly Twitter chats, is that what they're called, where music teachers are on there sharing ideas. There's Facebook groups out of the wazoo. You guys, there's so many places. Um, Even join my free Facebook group, the Elementary Music Teacher Community. There's so many different ways to connect with other teachers is what I'm trying to say. So, but even look at the, in where you live, find other teachers there that you can connect with because community is huge. So I feel like teachers who are working towards their degree or new to teaching elementary music or who even have a few years under your belt are constantly hearing about all these levels courses And maybe you feel like what you're doing doesn't matter as much because you don't have a levels course under your belt. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Because like I said, what we need more than anything is quality music teachers. Quality music teachers. And so you being in there and just doing it, I feel like you, for me personally, I learned the most teaching music by just teaching music. By That's anything in life. You can learn everything you want from a textbook. But when you get in there and apply it, and do it, and live it, and meet your students where they're at, that is where you grow as a music teacher. So like I said, I've, I've observed music teachers before, gotten to know several music teachers, and one of my favorite music teachers ever is uh, someone who had taught for 30 plus years. She never took a single ORF or Kadai level, and she used to teach in the district I taught in, and I just loved her because She's one of those air quote old school music teachers who had the kids sitting in chairs and they would just be singing from textbooks, but they loved it. They loved her class. They loved going in there because she taught music and she just used her personality and what she knew because everywhere around her music education was changing, but that's okay. That's what the education system in general is changing up, right? Back in the day, I think about even my childhood elementary music class, which I've talked about on this podcast before I can't remember exactly what episode but it was way different way different I didn't like my elementary music class though and I've said that before but it wasn't because of the teaching style she used it was because of the teacher she was not very nice but (laughs) which maybe my students have thought that about me too but that's okay but um that's a whole nother topic for another day but what I was going to say is music education back in the day elementary music was way simple simpler It was about singing songs. Maybe there were a few classroom instruments and then usually recorder. But what you see now in the music education world, that was not elementary music back in the day. It wasn't, I mean, there was no teacher paid teacher. There was no social media. 
there were, I don't know, there were Orphan Kadaya levels offered, but they were not offered as often. So it's just changed so much. And there's so much, like I said, technology now. And um, it's amazing how you can connect with other teachers now. It's awesome. Things change every year and it is kind of hard to keep up with the times. And so I want you to remember to teach based on your teaching style, your own musicianship, which I have two podcast episodes about bringing your musicianship into your classroom. And what I mean by that is you might be vocal trained or instrumental trained and bring that into your classroom. Your students need that. You need to base your teaching on what your students need. I shared an example. My students had music for seven years. What do your students need from you? What type of school are you at? What different classes that come to you? What do they need? Every class is going to need something different. What does your school have available for you to use? What kind of funding do they have? Because going to an Orphan Kadaya level is expensive. It does cost money. And so what can you use right now? What can you, what does your school have available? Like I said, what kind of technology are there resources to use? Does it have instruments? Just start using what you have available. And we've already talked about that before too, how to start where you're at on this podcast. So just search through the podcast episodes and you'll see those. And just remembering that teaching music is the main goal, which I already mentioned. So the levels courses are expensive. You can sometimes get funding from your district. And there's other places at times that will offer funding for different levels courses. And they're comprehensive and they're long. They're usually two weeks long, full day. And yes, they are worth it. So I'm not, this episode, like I said, is not to tell you not to get an ORF or Kadai level under your belt or to even get all three. It's just to tell you that you can teach music without having a levels course, without taking a levels course. And in the meantime, like I said, attend workshops to figure out what your teaching style is. I love to take a little bit of Orf and Kadai and Dalkros and other things because I have shared before, I feel like I'm, a, I'm like a mixture of all the things. I'm like, I like to pull from different methods. I wouldn't classify myself as just one type of teacher. And it's okay those that do. I think it's great to figure out who you are and go with it. But I like to pull from different teaching styles because I feel like the band person in me and the piano person in me, I love all of it. And I want to pull from different methods. So figure out what your teaching style is and how do you do that? Like I said, go to different workshops, different trainings, even that your district offers or another district down the street or whatever. I've attended several of these workshops and I took so much back into my classroom that I could use and that I could even apply the next week. And so just do that at first. Just get any kind of training or professional development under your belt. And if you're interested in Orphra Kadai, then look at their websites. There's so many different free resources they share on there. I've written two blog posts that I'm including in the show notes about how to start with Orf or Kadai, very simple steps to get started. And then also listen to previous episodes I've recorded with guests on this podcast where they share their experience with Orf or Kadai approaches, which I love because as you will hear in these episodes, they all share different strategies and ways they enjoy using the methods and why they chose that method and how they brought it back into their classrooms. And none of them have the same reasons. Why? Because they're them. They're their own person. They're their own music teacher. They use their own unique personality and their teaching style in their classrooms, just like I'm telling you to do. But you know what? These teachers, I want you to realize that I've had on my podcast who have shared their experience with Orphra Kadai levels and using these methods in their classrooms. 
Guess what they didn't have when they started out teaching music? They didn't have Orphicodia levels under their belt either. They just started teaching. Everybody starts at the beginning. Everybody has to start somewhere. Everybody has a first year of teaching music. Everybody, you know, whether you're, like I said, whether it's your very first year ever in the elementary music classroom from college or you're teaching elementary music for the first time from a different position, everybody starts somewhere. So you don't have to come in right away unless you have a master's degree, which a lot of master's programs offer Kadai or ORF right along with your master's degree. But even then, I'll tell you right now, those teachers bring in a ton into their classroom. Like they have this whole like plethora of things that they can bring in with them, but they're still a first year teacher. Everybody has to start somewhere. So we've talked about this before, but I don't like you comparing yourself <clears throat> to any other teacher because you're you. So don't compare yourself to, let's say you're the only teacher in your district at a conference, at a, a workshop, and you feel like you're hearing everyone around you talk about what Kadai or ORF level they're attending this summer, and you haven't signed up for anything. And you feel like you're like, all these thoughts start popping in your head again, thinking, oh, I'm an imposter. I'm not good enough. They're a better music teacher than me. Oh, look how much they're going to do with their students next year because they're going to this or this. And I'm just taking insert whatever it is in the blank here. Don't stop. Don't do that because you're exactly where you need to be for a reason. You're teaching music to your students. You're in that position for a reason. Your principal saw something in you and wanted you to be the teacher in there. You, your students are needing you to teach music and not just focus on what you don't have in your toolkit, but to focus on you teaching music to them and they get to come in your classroom every day and learn music from you, which is an awesome thing. Because like I said, think about these schools that don't have a music program at all and they don't have a music teacher at their school. So you just being there at all is an amazing thing and your school needs you, your students need you, even if you don't feel like it. Even if you feel unappreciated, even if you feel like your students are coming in not acting like they like music class, that is the furthest thing from the truth because I promise you, you're making more of a difference than you could ever realize. And also, I want to say, you don't know the reason these teachers in your district decided to take a levels course. You don't know what purpose it's serving in their classroom. So when you're comparing yourself to them, you don't know how many years maybe went by before they decided to take a levels course. Why did they choose to take that? What, what was the reasoning behind it? Did they need more resources for their classroom? Did they want extra training? Did they, like I said, want to put more, more things in their toolkit to pull from? Ask them. Just, I mean, I, I promise you, I've said this before, and I talk to my, the teachers I work with about this all the time. Don't feel like you're bothering other teachers, especially if it's at a workshop or something like that when you ask them a question. So like what I mean is when you're at a workshop and you find out someone's about to attend a level, a levels course, let's maybe say they're going to go to Kadai level two. And you could say, hey, why are you choosing to do that? Or why did you choose to go to level one? When in your teaching career did you decide to do that? What have you noticed it doing in your classroom? How does, how has it made a difference? Why did you choose Kadai over ORF or have you taken ORF levels too? Ask around, figure it out, figure out why they chose to. And then it'll help you make your decision about when or even if or how or which one. But like I said in this episode, 
Today is all about you knowing that teaching music is the main goal. And you can successfully teach music even if you never take a levels course. So like I said, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes with this episode because I think you're doing an amazing job. Whether you're a Kadai teacher, ORF teacher, a combination of all the all the approaches teacher, a no approach teacher, uh, you're just kind of going through the motions this year, trying to figure it out as you go kind of teacher. You've been teaching music for several years and you have no level scores under your belt teacher. I think you're all doing an amazing job because the world needs music education. And I personally feel like it's awesome how many different music teachers are out there. How, I mean, how incredible is it that you can walk into any school music class And every single music class is different. Every music teacher is doing something different with their students. I think it's awesome. And I think the world needs that because it's incredible. And that's why I bring so many different types of guests onto this podcast because everybody has different experiences and expertise to share. And I think the world of music education needs that. So with that said, I appreciate all of you. And I will be back on next week with a new guest. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.